So, so, so today, today we are just going to continue. I don't know. Do we know what our theme, our theme verse for this month is? What is our theme verse? Our theme verse, our theme scripture from uh, from the from the last night's video. What is our our main scripture? Do we do we remember? Okay, let me remind you then. I'm sure you've heard it and you remember it. So let's go to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter three, and let's read from verse seventeen to eighteen. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse seventeen to eighteen. It says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom." Can you go to the next verse? But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So do we now remember this? Yes. Praise the Lord. So it says we all with unveiled face so our face is unveiled when we the veil is something that covers you know, like, like a bride, you know, in their wedding, they have a veil, isn't it? But the thing is, with a veil, I'm sure the bride can see, they, there's just enough light for them to see the path, isn't it? Where they need to walk to their future husband, isn't it? There is a veil. But the thing about a veil is that it's not something that they can go out every day covering themselves, isn't it? Otherwise, they will not be able to walk and actually enjoy their marriage. So that veil needs to be taken away. So this is what Christ has done for us. He has removed that veil. So that we can behold what is the glory of God. And what the word of God also tells us is that, you know, when we look, you know, the, the word of God is, it should be like to us like a mirror. You know, so when you look in a mirror, what is the reason that we are looking in a mirror every day? Before we leave the household, when we put on our jacket, we look in the mirror, isn't it? We want to look how good we are, isn't it? Yes. Or do I have a spot? Or maybe did I forget to remove some toothpaste on my mouth when I cleaned my teeth? So we all want to look perfect, isn't it? But when we use the word of God as a mirror, actually the more you look into the mirror, which is the word of God, unlike the physical mirror for your beauty, you actually need to see less and less of yourself, isn't it? You need to see what more and more of God, isn't it? Praise the Lord. So it says you are being transformed. So it's a process, isn't it? A transformation. That you need to see more and more of God when you look into the Word of God. But also, this mirror that you are is not only for yourself. This mirror is also for others, isn't it? So others, they also need to look at you as a mirror, isn't it? And then when they look at you as a mirror, they also need to see what? The glory of God, isn't it? So the glory of God needs to us to reflect most importantly upon yourself, but also even upon others. Praise the Lord. But there is something that you that you need to realize, or that you need to understand. And actually, this is the focus of what today. So if you go back to verse 17, uh, can, can you go back to verse 17? It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. Praise the Lord. There is liberty. There is what? There is 
freedom, isn't it? There is freedom. So freedom is the one which is actually going to help you to actually what? Reflect the glory of God more and more. It's going to be difficult for you to reflect the glory or the image of God if you are living in what? In bondage or in, sla in slavery. Please, Lord. Because when you, are, when you are not in liberty, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? You see more and more of your past, isn't it? Uh, the, things, the things that used to happen in the past, those are the things that you keep on seeing in the mirror, your past. But when you are in liberty, when you look in the mirror, you see more and more of what your, your future is. Your future which is in Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. So this is our, actually our focus today. We are going to talk about liberty. What does this liberty mean? So, to help us to understand that, I want us to go to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Okay, can you, can you please put the, the NIV? So I, I want to use the, the NIV at least for, for this part. So verse 1 says, It is for, for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then it says, Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I Paul tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey, to obey the whole law. Uh, verse 3, verse 4. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated or separated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith, you eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. So I, I realize that some of, some of the text is actually quite complicated, so I will try to try to explain it actually as best as I can. So the you know, quite often we, we, we spend a lot of time trying to understand what is the will of God. How many of us actually know what is the will of God for their lives? Please raise your hand. Do you know what, what is the will of God for your life? Yes. Huh? Do you know what is the will? Of God, what does God will or want from you in your life? Do you know? Yes. Uh, I'm not. I'm not hearing very confident answer. Yes. We know. Do yes. you understand what is the will of God? Yes. How many? How many? How many of the wills of God are there? Huh? He wants us to serve him. Okay. What else? What else does God want? One of you. Huh? He wants us to be happy. Yes. He wants us to be happy, isn't he? He wants us to be free. You know, as a human being. Uh, as a human being, we uh, sometimes we pre prepare for our death by writing a will, isn't it? Isn't it? We have one, and we really want to say this is the, the final, the final one. We keep on changing it. We shift, isn't it? Depending on what we are thinking in this particular year, we will take our will and change and say, ah, no, this one, this one, I'm taking him out of my will and removing him. While giving him more, while giving him less. So our will, you know, our human will will change so much, isn't it? But the will of God is steadfast. No, it never changes. So if you are worried about a will that never changes, I would say go to the word of God where you find a will that never changes. That never shifts. 
So, the will of God, the word of God is the will of God. So, so there's not like one thing that God wills of you. It's the word of God is the will of God. So it is so full of the will of God. So, if you were not sure what is the will of God for your life, the first sentence, take that one and say, this is the will of God for my life. So the will of God for your life is that you live in freedom. Because that is why Christ sets you free. You know, you know, you know, this, you know I was just reflecting or praying as we were worshiping. And it says, you know, there are two things. It is for freedom. And then it says, Christ has set you free. Huh? So Christ has set you free so that you can watch you can live in freedom. And I, and, I, and I was just reflecting and looking at our world today. We had a, a big world war, isn't it? World War II, isn't it? Huh? World War II. And a few weeks ago, we were celebrating the, celeb the liberation of the Netherlands, isn't it? It goes beyond the Netherlands, the 5th of May. We're celebrating the freedom of the country, isn't it? But then I, then I was just asking myself, oh, God was just reminding me, okay, we are celebrating this, but are we really free? Huh? Are we free? Because if we are really free... Yes and no. Yes, good. So yes and no. Yes and no. So we are free on paper. But if you really look at it, if we are really free, if you are free, you, you, you should not be stockpiling guns and warships. There's, that is not freedom, is that if you look at the world, what are we doing? We are stockpiling weapons and guns and building weapons of mass destruction. We are not free. Huh? We are, there is just no freedom that we are actually saying that we are actually living in. We are not free. In the physical sense. Because we, we, are, we are still preparing for, for, for a battle. We, we are not really free. Praise the Lord. So I actually want you to understand that physically in the world we are not free. But Christ says, it is for freedom that I've sent, I've set you free. So this is actually what I want you to understand. So I just want you to, to repeat this verse with me. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. So if there's one thing that you can remember from today, just this message. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. If you need to repeat it every day, it is for freedom that Christ it sets you free. So, you know, I, I, this verse, uh, I've been reflecting on it for actually a long time because if you actually look at it, this is the will of God for you, that you live in freedom. And also, this is also the same reason that Christ came, isn't it? Christ came. Christ died. Christ rose again. Huh? And Christ went, so... He says, I came. Why did Christ come? That you may have life. In life in abundance, isn't it? So life in life in abundance, that is freedom. So Christ came, John 10, verse 10, Christ came that you may have life in life in abundance. But also Christ went further. He just did not come. He also died, isn't it? And when he died, what did he do? You know, there are so many things that happened on the cross. You know, as they were nailing him on the cross, all the things that held you captive, isn't it? They were being nailed to the cross, isn't it? Everything in your life from your past. So your past actually was being nailed to the cross. 
So I, I, I just want us to, to read. If you can open Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Colossians chapter 3. Be, okay, bear with, with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And the next verse. Huh? Is it uh, maybe can you go to two? I think I put the wrong place. Colossians chapter two. So when you were dead in your sins and in this uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with his regulations that was against us and that stood up opposed to us. He took it out, away, nailing to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So at the cross, he nailed everything. So he nailed your past. You know, so whatever your past was, you know, you know, quite often, you know, I was just reflecting quite a lot. Yesterday we were at the success in marriage seminar. And then what, some of the things that you realize is actually even though we are born again, there are still a lot of things from our past that are still with us. Do we agree? Yes. Huh? When you get born again, what is actually transformed is your spirit, isn't it? But, uh, but, and, but God has actually declared you free. So in the spirit you have been declared free. But quite often what you see is that immediately it does not transform that in your emotions you are free so you have to believe it and take hold of it isn't it your past can actually be something that really holds you back whether you were abused whether you were beaten you know whatever happened in your past those things can follow you and continue to follow you if you don't realize that christ is saying i set you free praise the lord so you, you, may, you may live as a Christian really struggling with so many things without actually knowing that Christ has set me free. So Christ says, I have set you free. Praise the Lord. So there are two aspects of it. One aspect is that Christ is saying, I set you free. If you are somebody who was struggling with anger or jealousy, you can pray for those things, isn't it? And those things God can deliver you from, isn't it? Praise the Lord. But there, there are some things which are more complicated because then you, just, you, you start to ask yourself, because sometimes you find people who, who have been struggling with the sickness from the time that they have been born. And they have gone for deliverance sessions. And I'm sure here yeah, I may be talking to you that maybe there's a sickness that you have been struggling with even since you were born. Or, but you became born again. And that sickness still struggles. You str I mean, easily. Maybe say it's a migraine, it's a headache, or ulcers, or whatever. You know, you can you can struggle with those things even though you're a Christian, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Do we agree? Yes. You, those things can still what can still bother you. Even Paul himself, Paul also had a condition, isn't it? That kept on bothering him. But there is a difference because you also have people who don't have legs or who don't have hands. Who can actually probably do more than what you can do? So there is an understanding because one of the things that happens is 
it may actually weigh you down that why why god i've been praying about this i've been praying about this your word of god says this and yet this thing still bothers you you know you can then actually start to live not in bondage because you are saying god you know you can actually get paralyzed because you, you but whether what you actually need to do is because you can then because what you don't realize is bondage can also be something like then that's become something that you focus on i should be healed i should be healed and then when you don't get healed when you don't when you don't expect it actually pushes you away from christ praise the lord so i just want us to be very careful because there are some things that you can be prayed for and then they are delivered there and then and there are some things that you can actually maybe by the time you die you still have them i i cannot explain that it is the sovereign will of god god is the one who knows why but the point that i actually want you to understand is you can still serve god you can still do something even with whatever sickness or whatever ailment that you have praise the lord and that is freedom praise the lord so freedom can also be even in the midst of your challenges who are you focusing on what are you still able to do that is still freedom praise the lord so paul even paul he had conditions but he still continued to do what to focus on god that is still freedom praise the lord so freedom is a mindset praise the lord yes and i said it's a mindset to believe that christ has set me free praise the lord a mindset it starts from your mindset to actually know and believe that christ has set you free and then the focus then becomes upon god because there, there are things that are that people slavery and bondage that you may not even realize or think about them as slavery or bondage. So slavery or bondage can be anything. It can be anything. For example, it can be your work. Huh? It can be your children. Praise the Lord. You can be so devoted to your children, which is very good. But then you can also be so much devoted that you actually don't have time for God. That is not freedom. Praise the Lord. And you also need to realize that even in a marriage, you can also be in bondage, isn't it? In a marriage, in a relationship, you can also be living in bondage. But Christ is saying what? I set you free. Praise the Lord. So I, 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 just, I just want to, to, to actually to, to use some examples. So there's one example where I remember my, my son, my son, when he's, when he's still very young, you know, after he, he plays, he plays around with these toys, huh? and then you tell him, he has finished playing with these toys, it's time to sleep, and then you tell him what? Oprah. Oprah. Or can you pick your toys? You know, for most children, that's a, that's a nightmare to tell them. Uh, uh, there are very few children who every day pick up the toys and put them back so heavily, isn't it? And if you tell them that you know what, if you don't, if you don't take those toys within two minutes, you're in trouble. Huh? What, what is that child going to do? Because of fear, what is he going to do? He's going to, he's going to, he, he may even cry, yes. But he, what he can also do is, he can start taking those toys, but as he takes those toys, what is he doing? He's grumbling, he's complaining, he's angry. You know, you understand my point? He's really angry. That's you know. Eh? But we've been playing together. Like my son, I know. 
even now sometimes it happens, sometimes he's been playing with other children. The children, other children are born. And then I ask him, oh proud. And then he starts to complain that I'm not the one who took all these choices. It was the other children. <laughs> That's what it happens. So, you understand? So he starts to do something, but he's, he's what? He's doing it gradually. You know, he's not heavy about it. Praise the Lord. But, so let's imagine some other situation. Sometimes my son actually asks me to say, uh, Daddy, can you help me? <laughs> he actually does that sometimes. Can you help me? And then I say to him, okay, okay, let's, let's do a race and see who takes the most toys back into their containers. You can imagine what, what happens there. He's, he's going to do it what? Happily is His father, I mean, he knows what, he can, what can happen about disobedience, but that's not his focus, isn't it? He's going to do it happily, energetically, in freedom, isn't it? You understand the difference? So, the point I'm trying to make is, whatever it is that you need to do, you know, the, the last part, I said Christ came, he died, he rose, isn't it? And then after arising, he sent us his spirit, isn't it? The Holy Spirit, so that we are not alone. So the point is, there is a difference if you know that you are not alone. When you have to do something. Because God is actually here to, to help you. So if you know that whatever it is that I need to do, I'm not alone. God is here to help me. You'll be free. Praise the Lord. Because you know that I am somebody who, who, who can what? Who can help me. And God has promised that I will be with you until what? Until the end. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But it all comes living in freedom. No, comes also from knowing what God has said, what God has promised. The promises that God has. If you know that God has promised that I will not leave you, it means whatever it is that you need to do, if you know that God is here, God is with me, God can help me, then you will do whatever you, you need to do with joy. Praise the Lord. But it comes from you, but there is also a part where you also need to, to, what, to let God do what he wants to do, isn't it? Because there, there can be a realization that God is here, he wants to be with me. But then you also don't let him help you. Then you are not living in freedom. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's, let's go back to our scriptures, to the Galatians. So, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 2. It says, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value at all. The next verse. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Uh, you, who are trying to be justified by law, have alienated or separated from Christ, you have fallen away from grace. So can you put back verse, verse 2 uh, and verse 3 together? If you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Every man who lets himself be circumcised, that is obligated to obey. So, you, you, you need to step back and actually understand this before you misinterpret this. Because Paul was actually talking to what? He was actually talking to the Galatians. But this message was also focusing on the Jews, isn't it? Because you had some, some Jews who were legalistic, you know, who were all about laws and regulations that if you did not get circumcised, eh, 
You're not a child of God. They, this, to them, the circumcision was like, you know, you, it, it's like, it, was like, it was a requirement, isn't it? It was like a requirement to get what? To get the favor from God or to get blessings from God. So that's why he says to you, Christ will be of no value if you let yourselves be circumcised. So this, the Jews were, being, were focusing on being circumcised. You know, but then, can you, can you go to, I think, Galatians chapter 2? Galatians chapter 2, verse 3. Yeah, okay, you can start from there. 14 years later, I went up again to Jerusalem. So this is Paul, this time with Barnabas. I also took Titus along. I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. But I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders for fear that I was running or had run my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled or forced to be circumcised, even though he was a Jew. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy upon the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might, might remain with you. So when Paul, Paul went to Jerusalem with Barnabas and Titus, and Titus was, was a Greek, so then there were also some, some, some false brethren who, who infiltrated, who started to cause trouble for Paul to say, why is Titus with you and he is not circumcised? But Paul realizing the freedom that he had in Christ, he actually refused to have Titus circumcised because he knew that circumcision in the way that the Jews were taking it was of no value at all. So he's actually, he's actually so the, the Jews were trying to bribe God to say, okay, if we get circumcised, then we, we do this. But God is saying to, to, to you today, there is nothing that you need to do, you know, to give me, for me to bless you. Because the Lord owns everything. So everything that you have, if you are giving, if you are giving something to God as a bride to say, you know, God, I give you this, you should bless me. This is not the kind of relationship that God is looking for. Praise the Lord. God's when you give your life to Christ, God treats you as a son. And he's your father, isn't he? So God actually is not looking for anything. God is God looking for a gift from you. Huh? He's not, God is complete, isn't he? There is nothing that we can add to God. Or take away from we, There's nothing that we can give to God to make him more godly. He is already complete, isn't he? So there is nothing that we can do or we can give. That is going to change the nature of God. God is just who he is. He is unchangeable, isn't he? So we cannot bribe him. But rather he's saying, I am, you are, I am your father. So come to me as a son. So, you, I mean, you can imagine when my son comes to me, eh, if I don't have a relationship with him, huh, then it's a problem, isn't it? Because it's out of fear. Whatever he says, whatever he do, he does, it's out of fear. But God is saying, you are free. What? I am your father. You're, you're my son. And how do you know that you are a son of God? He says, by the Spirit, isn't it? The Holy Spirit is that which testifies that we are what? We are children of God. Praise the Lord. So if you know that you are a child of God, then you, you know what? You should be living in freedom. Praise the Lord. So the, there is a, you know, if you... Okay, let me go back to this again. So... If you, if, 
you know, you, you know, you, you, during the during the times of the Israelites in the Old Testament, you know, where, when you when you owe somebody, you've borrowed some something to somebody, you become you, you become what a debtor is. You are in debt. But being in debt during that time was really bad. Because it mean, it meant that you, you were bound, you're bound, isn't it? You're, you're bound. And it also meant I don't I, I know if you remember the the story, it's of Elisha. And the, the woman, the husband was a prophet and she had died. And she was in debt, isn't it? They actually wanted to come and take what his son is me. So if you were a person who was in debt, it meant that you know you are tied. The person that you owe, they can demand anything from you, isn't it? They can demand anything from you to, to what to repay that debt. So, but then if you compare, if you compare it with, with what Christ has done for us, you know, we are free because there is nothing, you know, there is not there is no way or there is nothing that we actually need to do more to end what? To end the life of Christ, isn't it? Because Christ, you know, there's there's something that the Lord was actually reading that Christ, when he went onto the cross, you know, he put all his the investment on the cross. And there is something that is coming out of the cross, which is the grace of God. So the investment that comes from Christ going onto the cross, it is for us, isn't it? So there is nothing actually that we can do to say we, we, we are going to out-invest God. God has done all the investment that needs to be done. And what we, we just need to do what, is to step into what, what God has provided, isn't it? So there, there is nothing that you think, if you think, I'm going to give to God. Whatever you're giving to God is, is actually from God. It is of God, isn't it? There is nothing that you own that you get by yourself. It all comes from God. So whatever you are, you are giving back, you are giving back to God, isn't it? Praise the Lord. So there is nothing. If you, if you, are, you want to understand freedom, the freedom that you have in Christ, it will actually help you to understand about all these rituals or regulations. Now, you know, if you are in a place where you are not free to worship, there is a problem. If you are in a place of worship where you feel more obligated to obey rules, don't do this, do that. We need to observe this feast, we need to do this. That is not the freedom that Christ has set for us. Christ has given us freedom to worship. Christ has given us freedom to praise, to praise Him. So, having an understanding that the moment you start to feel all these obligations, I need to do this, I need to do this, this is not the freedom or the relationship that Christ desires from us. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I, I, I just want to, I just want to summarize a bit by, by ending. Uh, if you go back to uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 4, I think. You who are trying to be justified by law have been added, separated from Christ and fallen away from grace. You know, I, I, I know I just want to talk about it because for you to be able to walk in freedom, there are two things, isn't it? You need the Spirit of God, which is the, which is the grace of God. So it's not easy to do it alone, isn't it? You need what? You need the grace of God. So I, I, I just want to, to finish just by talking a bit about grace. You know, I grace, I don't know if you have heard uh, there's this abbreviation of grace which says God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. So Christ has paid the price. So we are benefiting from what? From the price that God has paid. 
So this is talking about the past. So we are reaping from what Christ has done for us on the cross, isn't it? But then the grace of God is also not only about the past, but the grace of God is also about now. The grace of God is also about what? About the future, isn't it? Praise the Lord. So grace, it talks about God's, God's rescuing and caring exertion. God's rescuing and caring exertion. So I, I just want to I just want to to to, uh, to use an example. So, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse ten. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse ten. It says, "But by the grace of God, I am what I am." And this grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, by the grace of God. So, you are who you are by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. You are who you are when you are a child of God by the grace of God. So, I'm not talking if you are not a child of God. That's not what the grace of God is for. So, if you are, when you get born again, it is by the grace of God. And then he says, but this grace which God has given or bestowed upon me, you know, I made sure that it. It worked. So the grace of God is that which is working what in your life. It is not you. You see, Paul says, I went harder than all of you, but yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. So Paul actually realized, okay, I am because the, the danger of you feeling that okay, I am working so hard is then the danger that you feel, okay, whatever I've accomplished, I've done it by my own strength. But you also need to realize that. It is the grace of God that is within you, that is working in you. Because God knows what he has created you for. God knows what he wants you to be. So that's why you need this grace from God to actually be able to, what, to do that which Christ has called you to do. So it is by the grace of God that you are able to do what you are. So I, I just want you to realize that when you are saying, most, most of the time when you ask people, Ah, how did this go? Ah, by the grace of God. You know, we, we, we say it so, I don't know, it's like a, I don't know, a poem or something, by the grace of God. But do we actually understand what it means by the grace of God? Do we actually understand what it means? By the grace of God, we are talking that it's not me. Huh? Whatever, whatever challenge I'm facing, how I overcome, it's not myself. If I have a business or my marriage is really flourishing, it is not me. Praise the Lord. Because you, you may think, okay, ah, before I got married, you know, I, I went to all these marriage seminars. I did all this. I wrote all these books. This is why my marriage is so perfect. This is why my marriage is so good. Ah, you know, I, I've done a BSc, I've done a master's, I've done a PhD, I've done a postdoc, I'm a professor. This is why I'm successful. So remember, this is the danger of you. The more you do those things, the less the higher the chances that you think, okay, it is by me, by my own strength. But it is the grace of God. Praise the Lord. It is the grace of God. So I just want you to say the grace of God. It is by the grace of God. It is by the grace of God. And how do you get this grace of God? This grace of God is what is available to all Israel. There is a grace of God that is available for salvation, isn't it? The grace of God is appeared to all what? To all men, isn't it? So this grace, the grace of God is available to all men. 
But this grace of God which is available to all men is for what? It's for salvation, isn't it? There's a grace for salvation, but there's also a special grace for the saved. Huh? There's a grace for everyone, huh? but there is also a certain grace that only the children of God can step into. Praise the Lord. Because they are what? They are children of God, isn't it? So when you are a child of God and you know your rights, you know what to go to God for, isn't it? Because you are a child of God, you are a son of God. Praise the Lord. So they, we, we talk about the grace of God, but I want you to understand about the levels of grace. Grace for salvation for everyone. But then there is also a special grace for the saved, for the children of God. This is the grace which we are talking about here. Praise the Lord. So if you know that, you know, maybe, the, maybe what, what I'm saying is, that's the next sense, and they're just wondering, okay, but, you know, how can this be? What does this actually mean to me? So, this only makes sense. You can, you can call upon this grace of God we are talking about here today if you have given your life to Christ. Praise the Lord. When you, when you come to Christ, Christ says you are free. Freedom also means that you understand when Christ says, you know, come to, come to me, all you or all ye that are weary, that are heavy laden, that labor, and I'll give you rest. That is freedom. Praise the Lord. So freedom is not about, about, about solving all problems and getting out of problems or situations. But freedom is also about you being able to, act, to live even through challenges, isn't it? Not all challenges are immediately going to disappear there and then. But freedom in Christ also means being able to persevere and to march on, to soldier on, even in the midst of challenges. That is true freedom. Praise the Lord. Freedom in Christ means that you appreciate and understand that challenges are going to come because God never said it was going to be easy. Huh? He never said it was going to be easy. So if you, if you became a Christian and expected that, okay, life is all going to be rosy, somebody lied to you. Praise the Lord. Because the word of God says, you know, in this life you will have trials and tribulations. Huh? John chapter 16, verse 17. Yeah, he, even Jesus promises, for my sake, you are going to be persecuted. So if you are expecting that, because I became a child of God, everything will be rosy. Actually, the rosy part of it is that Jesus is with you. Praise the Lord. That whatever challenge you are facing, that you know that he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That is freedom. So, I, I, so the point I'm trying to make is to understand is, even if you are going through a challenge, it is not about the solution, but it is about, about God. Praise the Lord. It is about God. It is about God. It has always been about God, and it is always about God. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So I, I, I just want us to, 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 to stand up just as we close. You know, remember, we're talking about freedom. So if you know that, you know that, you know, I am really struggling with something. I don't feel free. Huh? I, I, you know, I just, freedom also talks about just the peace of God. When you have the peace of God about a situation, that is freedom. Praise the Lord. The situation might not be solved, but knowing that Christ is with me, the peace of God, sometimes all you just need in a situation is just the peace of God. The peace of God means that God is taking care of the situation. It may not, it may not be solved, but God is right in the midst of it. So I, I just want you to I just want you to pray 
and look into your life. I just want you to pray and ask the Lord, Jehovah, this freedom, you know, this freedom that you have said, this freedom is in Christ. Pray, pray over every situation in your life that Lord Jehovah, may I enjoy freedom. In my marriage, may I enjoy freedom in my career. May I enjoy freedom even as a father. May I enjoy freedom even in my business. May I enjoy freedom even in my relationship with people. You know, may I enjoy the freedom that is in Christ. Help me, Father, because I cannot do it. I just want you to pray and say that, Lord, this grace that you have talked about, Lord Jehovah, this grace, I want to tap into this grace, that, Father, whatever challenge I may be facing, I just need your peace. I just pray for the peace of God, even upon every situation in your life. Whatever it is that you feel, I am not free. I just want you to pray, you know, and commit it even unto the end of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Holy Spirit, because you said that it is for freedom that Jehovah that you have set us free. That Lord Jehovah, there is nothing over that we can add. There is nothing that you can do. Jehovah, you have promised that, oh Lord Jehovah, you will be with us, that you are with us. You are a manual, the goal that is with us. I pray that Jehovah, oh God, upon my fellow brethren today, oh God, that Lord Jehovah, oh God, may they enjoy your peace, oh Lord, your comfort, oh Lord. Even in the midst of trials and tribulations, oh Father, may they see your hand, oh Father, may they have the reassurance, oh Father, oh God, that you are Jehovah, that you are with them, oh God, the one you God, the God that never changes, the God that never moves, oh God, the God that is the same yesterday, today, forever, the God that went even upon that cross. You came, Jehovah, you died, you rose, oh Father, and you sent your spirit, oh Father, even to us, oh God, that you may enjoy freedom, oh God. Freedom, oh Father, from, from worries, oh Father. Freedom from worrying about tomorrow, oh God. Freedom from all cares, oh Father. Freedom from all issues, oh Lord. Lord, I pray, Father, for peace, oh Lord, even upon your children, oh God. Give us peace, oh Father, peace of mind, oh Father. The reassurance to know that, Father, oh God, that you are in the midst of every situation, oh God. That you are in the midst of every sickness, oh Father. That, Lord, Jehovah, your hand is upon us, oh Father. And wherever we need, May we hear your voice, O Father, that says, O Father, turn to the left, O Father, turn to the right, O Father. The Lord, O Father, we may live in this reassurance and confidence, O Father. The Lord, O Father, we are free, Father, that you have set us free, O Father. Help us to have this realization, O Father, that indeed we are sons and daughters of God, O Lord. That Jehovah, O God, the kingdom, O Lord, Father, Jehovah is ours, O Lord. And Lord, Jehovah, we are your sons, O Father, O God. That freedom, O Father, O God, talks about free, being free. We having a dominion, O Father, over every situation in our lives, I pray. Father, help us, O Father, to live in this consciousness, O Father. The Lord, you are with us, O Father. You are a man, O Lord, that you have given us your spirit, O Father. That we are not alone, Father. We are not alone, Father. That you have promised us, O Father, that you will never leave us. That you will never forsake us, O Father. Lord, we thank you, O God. We give you praise and honor, O God. Thank you for the freedom that is within you, O Father. The freedom in you, O Father, to do, to live, to breathe, to worship. Freedom to pray. Freedom to fellowship. Freedom to be a father. Freedom to be a mother. Freedom to live a victorious life. Freedom to live as overcomers, O Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We give you praise, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.